You are now tuned in to Two Studs in a Pod with the dynamic duo of Blaze and Meech, a podcast giving you a candid glimpse into the world of super terrific uber dykes, but you can call us studs. This week, we're examining the divide between black and gay and looking at ways we can come together. Now let's get into it. Meech, drop the beat. This week, our focus is on unity as we explore the division created by antiquated ideas and modern worldviews, while attempting to offer some perspective on how to mend the divide. But before we dive into the subject at hand, let's check in with the homie. Meech, how are you maintaining, my friend? I'm maintaining as best as I can. Um, you know, missing wifey uh, still. This quarantine is getting old. You guys but, haven't you know, been able to see each other, I mean, other than video, but like physically see each other at all? No, nah, I haven't seen her in a while. I was thinking maybe next weekend I might just try to go out there. I think it's been, it's been, a, I've been quarantined for at least two weeks from my job, but she's still working. And next week she's actually going to be able to work from home for a week. So hopefully, you know, she don't have any symptoms of anything and then uh, we can go at least I can go by and see her for a little bit. Um, but, you know, just other than that, working, working from home, um, catching up on some, you know, books, shows. And I uh, actually been, um, I pulled out some an old model car that I had, that I hadn't put together. So I've been working on that. Like the, like what, like, like the kind where you got to cut it with the exacto knife and glue it together type of deal or, um, no, nah, it's, a, oh. it, it's, it's almost there. It's, um, it has all the pieces. I just have to put it together and then I get to paint it. I can customize it or whatever. So I had an old, um, 68 Camaro that I never put together. So I found the box. So I've been trying to entertain myself with that. <laughs> yes, definitely. Keeping busy is, um important especially keeping your mind busy in these times it's getting rough um being uh in the house uh day after day after day i mean i know we said it before but it's definitely starting to um (laughs) wear wear me down wear me down Yeah. yeah i'm ready i um i was so bored the other day um I was bored in the house. I'm in the house bored, so I decided to, <laughs> to give my myself a haircut. And oh wow, <laughs> yes. Uh, Why he walked in the bathroom like what the fuck? But I mean, it's not too bad, you know what I'm saying? Considering I had no clue what I was doing other than the clippers needed to be go- moving in a certain direction. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But. I mean, it's not too bad. It's not the best haircut I ever got, but but it's not too bad. And <laughs> just been been home, like literally. I don't think I've ever been in the house at any point in my life this this long without leaving. I haven't even left my street for like two weeks. Yeah. So yes, um, if I had the Rona, I think it would have showed itself by now. So right, um, right. yeah, I'm just ready. I'm ready to um, to go outside, but. Um, now that we're here another week and we're safely been tucked away at home, uh, for those of you that are essential workers, we would again like to say thank you. This week, we have Naomi McFarland joining us on the podcast. Uh, guests, we're sure you will enjoy. Uh, we will meet Naomi in the next segment. 
Uh, but this week, we are leading it off with a new segment we like to call Poppin' Peas. In this segment, we are celebrating our community by highlighting various masculine-presenting women of color that are making moves and making us seen. Our inaugural Poppin' Pea is actually more like a whole can of peas, because um, this week we are highlighting the premiere season of 20s, created by Lena Waithe and shown on BET, um, besides the show besides being created by the industry's current darling, Lena Waithe, 20s features a mostly black cast and the first true representation of masculine presenting women of color on network TV by way of Hattie, who was played by the very talented Jojo Gibbs. Uh, it's in its first full season, which just ended, and 20s actually gave studs a character they could see themselves in. It's easy to say that 20s is popping, and we can't wait for season two. Now, Meech, I, have you been able to um, catch up on 20s? Yeah, I'm all caught up on it. And um, I definitely would say the ending has me ready for season two. The beginning was like, eh, okay, I've kind of, I felt like I kind of seen it before. And um, I felt like I knew the direction the show was going to go. But by the end of it, I was like, okay, they got some surprises in here. I'm glad I stuck with it. So it was, it ended up being, um, more than I expected. And it was dope to see, you know, a masculine presenting woman on there and her being challenged in a, in ways that I can relate to and in ways that I haven't been, you know? So I thought that that was really dope. Yes. Um, big ups to Lena Waithe, who is definitely doing it big for us uh, masculine presenting women out there, especially those of us of color, because we are rarely seen. And Jojo Gibbs, who is fresh on the scene, but um, is obviously very, very talented. Um, she's also in um, a, a podcast with uh, Tessa Thompson. It's more of a storytelling podcast, and um, it's fairly inter- fairly interesting. It's called The Left-Right Game. But um, I'm definitely happy to finally have a show that we can uh, look forward to, the character not being, you know, just the sidekick or... Right. The homie, you know what I'm saying? She's like a main character in the show. And mm-hmm. like you said, the direction of the show in the beginning, I was a little like, eh, you know, I don't know about how I feel about this show. But by the end, I was definitely mad that it was over and I'm ready for season two. The show is definitely popping. Definitely. <laughs> um, that's going to do it for Popping Peas this week. Before we get into our topic, let's introduce our guest, Naomi who currently operates the Black Lesbian Love Story page on Instagram and is the host of the Holistically Trained podcast, which explores the holistic path to finding our best selves. She is an avid gardener and a percussion therapy specialist and an absolute lover of life. Naomi, welcome to Two Studs in a Pod. Please bless our listeners with a hello. What's up, (laughs) y'all? You was on point with the intro. You was on point with the intro. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, Thank you for joining us. We are excited to have you. Um, And now let's get into the subject at hand with a segment we call Stewed Peas, where we get into our topic of the week. This week, we're tackling the conundrums that sometimes arise from being black and gay. Outside of the normal white-black racism we're used to, people of color that identify as LGBT must contend with an added layer of discrimination. It's this added layer that helps to create an internal divide among black people, making it even more difficult to unify efforts in order to achieve economic freedom as a race. Now, Naomi, I understand that you are passionate about mending this divide. So would you please share your thoughts on the subject with us? 
Absolutely. Um, you know, <laughs> it's really interesting because I grew up around white people, you know, and I, there was obviously an underlining conditioning that was there that I didn't realize myself growing up um, in that community. Uh, but then, you know, just last year, I came to California and I was in a gay community for the first time and, and black gay people. So it was like really, you know, a very uh, tremendous experience that I had. Um, and I, you know, I fell in love with a black woman because, you know, straight up, I'm telling y'all, I've been with white people most of my life, white girls most of my life. So um, when I found black love, it was everything. Okay. <laughs> everything. Like I have been missing this my whole life. And so um, I started really like engaging in the black community and learning about what's going on as far as politics go. And it's a, it's a really powerful time. It's a really powerful time for black people because so much of our black history has been revealed due to the internet. Mm -hmm. And so there are thousands of black people all over the world that are waking up to what white supremacy really has done to black people and what it continues to do. So um, coming into that community and, and just diving deep head forward just every day, find, you know, hearing about what's going on, there, there was still this conservative mood or view um, that, you know, it's a, like you black, but you gay. So, mm, so you're not all the way and, in, right? Like you're only half. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And so, you know, this feeling would come up whenever I would feel, whenever, you know, there's certain words that were articulated within the black community, these feelings would come up and I'm just like, well, damn, you know, well, what about us though? You know, like this is a powerful time for us to all come together and to practice powernomics, to get groups, get our community together and to build businesses and to funnel our money within those businesses four to five times before it goes out anywhere else. But yet we as black gay women are still feeling some type of exclusion to the process. And so, you know, I just I, I've really this has been something that has stirred up within me. And, um, you know, I've been having conversations with people, you know, like we've been having some deep conversations about what this looks like, you know, as far as being black and being gay and being within the community and feeling accepted. You know, I don't know if you know this, but it's historic historically or at least um, uh, the statistics show that uh, black gay women are actually like the lowest paid in their fields fields, mm -hmm. and the lowest earning and especially if you are masculine presenting you know there, there is an even lesser <laughs> amount that you that you earn so that's why it's um you know that's why we celebrate so much the the Lena Waifs and the the Young and Mays and the Queen Latifahs. We see that like we can achieve achieve that because of the discrimination in the in the economics, and it's very important <laughs> that I think that we do unify and somehow find a way to stop hating each other because of who we love, especially right when it stops us from being um as great as we possibly could be if we were more uh, a united front. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there's enough divide just amongst black people in general. And then when you throw the, the labels on us that we're gay, but then you throw even more labels like, oh, I'm a stud, I'm a femme, or I'm a butch or whatever it is that you like, we keep dividing ourselves instead of coming together and building ourselves, you know, each other up. 
and you know unify you know if we unify we can be so much stronger you know so i think it starts with you know us just in general in the gay community and then we have to bring knowledge to the black community and then from there we can be stronger and we can be better you know so i think with education you know education is the key education is way more important than i feel like we give it credit for, you know, and not just the education that you get in school that, you know, the books that they they throw at you and the things that we don't know about ourselves, but like really, you know, talking to our elders in our community and talking to each other. And instead of, you know, making fun of people or discriminating against people that look like us, we need to educate each other, you know? 100%. I I agree with both of y'all 100% because, you know, this, this feeling of, the black community moving forward and making moves. And then you feel like, okay, well, so where do we stand with that? We, we got to build our own stuff. Cause we supposed to be coming together. We just, like you said, it's right. supposed to be unified, you know, like the, the, the bundles of sticks won't break when there's such a big bundle. So right. um, that that's like, that's why I started, that's why I created black lesbian love story because I wanted to, uh, for, I wanted to put this, this mood, this experience, this, this energy, this vibe of black, gay, lesbian love, like black lesbian love. I needed to, to, to bring that out to people because it's something that has become so deep within me to express. And because, you know, a lot, I have a lot of friends that are white also. So it's like feeding them that and feeding them, you know, lots of our history that's been revealed, like getting that out there so they can understand because this stuff has been hidden from white people too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, y'all, y'all need to, to, to know what has been done and what continues to be done in this generational wealth that doesn't exist for us, but exists for y'all. Y'all need to understand what that means. Mm-hmm. So and the reason why that's know, so, and why it hasn't been allowed to change for so, for so right. long. Like it feels like every time, mm-hmm. you know, it's so hard for, uh, for black people or people of color in general to, to get to that upper echelon of money where you can have generational wealth. We're just now getting to see what that looks like with the Jay-Z Beyonce's and the, and the, and the ditties, you know, and the gentleman who um, just, uh, I think his name is Robert Smith, who just paid for um, the Meta Morehouse their last uh, year of college. You know, it's just now that we're being able to see what that kind of wealth looks like that's not on tv and it looks like us finally right those are the facts i think it's interesting because i was i was also raised around uh white people and so like you said they don't i think a lot of people assume that all white people know the history in such in 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 that way that we think about it like when we're watching like that gone with the wind type history when that's not that's not the case. You you know what I'm saying? Like that is definitely not the fact. And I've also experienced more discrimination for being gay in the black community than I have in the white community. Like I found way Facts. more acceptance in the in the white community than I have in in the black community. Uh, Absolutely. That's something we really you know we we got to overcome, man. Because like the moves are being made. You know, like we are waking up. So as you wake up, you do better. You don't know better, you don't do better. So we now are knowing, we're in the know now. And now we, you know, it's like action now has to be taken, right? right? Action, we have to start moving forward. But we have to move, like, my thing is that, you know, I like what Meech said about, you know, getting the education out there, you know, like, because they, you know, it's it's just the conditioning, you know? And so once you start to get re-educated and you start to, to open your heart up, 
you can allow anyone in and develop this thing that you know is missing in a, in your relationship within your own culture, within your own, you know, your own group, your own community. There's that thing that's missing and all it takes is some education, some love, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that, you know, history is told by like the people that win the wars, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So obviously, you know, the white race has been running America since the beginning of time. So the history of America is what they tell us, mm-hmm. you know, our history has been lost as, you know, black people, minorities, it's been lost in America. So we are only going to really find out from, you know, learning from our elders and from the few people that do have the knowledge. So if we don't seek that out or, you know, if we're not willing to listen, because, you know, you can try to tell somebody something until you're blue in the face, but they also have to be open to wanting to hear new opinions and to hear new points of views and to really educate themselves you know you can you can teach somebody all day long but they if they don't want to hear it they're not going to hear it you know so it has to be some you know responsibility on every individual's part to want to be a better person and to learn their history and to learn about you know people's learn about gay people whatever it is like you have to be willing to learn like I can't shove it down your throat if you don't want to hear it you know what I mean Absolutely. Do you have any any suggestions on on ways that we can, you know, bring this about to more people? That's why I want to have these conversations, because I, I want to pick the brains of people because I'm having this feeling. Right. And I'm creating this page on Instagram and I'm talking to these people. But then how do we bring it as a whole to actually make an impact? Right. How do we how do we bring it in as a whole to make an impact so that we all can come forward and make these moves together and not feel like, okay, well, I guess I got to make my thing over here because y'all not, not y'all not accept. Right. And that's like a, a lot of um, issues I think between uh, gay people in the church, you know, because you've been told uh, at least myself growing up in, in the South. I mean, yeah, I grew up in Miami, but still it's a part of crazy ass Florida and it is technically the <laughs> South. And once you get beyond West Palm Beach, I mean, it's the South, you know what I'm saying? And that mentality yeah. is there. And for my whole life, I've been told that, you know, me being gay is wrong, maybe not to my face, but subconsciously through uh, advertisements or overhearing conversations or just hearing about the church, like the church was against gay people to the point where I'm like, I can't even walk in there. I might just catch on fire. The second I I walk through the door. So, and that is a lot of, you know, uh, black people specifically tend to uh, rely on the church to govern their feelings about uh, homosexuality. And I think that's part of where those old timey views is what hurts, hurts us and, and hurts them because as we modernize and we realize that life isn't what they told us it, it was, and is, and it is how we're experiencing it as well, then I think that just is making them lose their power a little bit. With yeah. the I mean, that's a harsh reality to come to, though, to realize, you know, like, they've been, a lot of people have been fed, like, God, the church, since they were little, and these things are wrong, and these things are right. But, you know, so when you how do you justify that to people who believe that their whole lives? But then also it says other things in the Bible that people just be like, eh, it's okay because they do it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, I think, I don't know what it is about being gay that is so much harder for people to swallow because there's a lot of other sins in the Bible. You know, um, I don't necessarily 
consider myself a, a very you know religious person because I didn't have a good experience. Like that's why it took me so long to come out because you know I did grow up in the church and I felt like something was wrong with me. You know, and my parents are Caribbean, so you know that that there's even that aspect of it too. You know, so it you know it took me a minute to to feel comfortable with who I am. But now that I'm comfortable with who I am, I feel like there's no other way that I could live. Right. You know, like this I have to. This is like, just this, me. I don't feel right. like it's wrong. Right. Yeah, you know. So, so let me ask y'all a question. Um, we have, you know, the most baby boomers, on, you know, on Earth right now. There's so many. There's so many um, old heads that, you know, eventually they're not gonna be around much longer, right? So it's kind of like, what do we look? What does the next generation look like? How how do we feel? How do y'all feel about the next generation that's coming up now? as far as bringing ha- coming together as a whole um do i think that it's possible i think that because um i mean that's the question i think that it is possible to an extent because like the baby boomers they didn't have what we have which is social media to speak to each other and um enlighten other people like i found out i've found out so many things because of social media that i didn't know before some things i wish i didn't ever learn (laughs) but other things um um, i'm happy about you know it also even reveals people to you because people don't realize that everybody can see your social your social media so when they say certain Mm -hmm. things or tweet certain things that they're thinking i mean that gives you insight into what they're thinking. And because of that, I mean, look at Facebook, how much data that they collect on people. If that could be used, which as we saw in the last right. election, used in the wrong way, it can also be used <laughs> to influence people in different ways. And that's something that the baby boomers didn't didn't have to experience. So I think you know, that's what would help our generation maybe start to try some kind of unification. Plus, we are already of that thought, many of us are from that but I, sorry go ahead i think we still have a long way to go oh yeah because you know there's still i mean it this administration just proves and i don't think that the whole of this administration is just the boomers you know there's there are children of boomers who still have that same mentality and you know i i think um i don't know i just feel like this administration has proved what america really is and i don't really feel like I have to get into details because everybody sees what's going on, you know? So I, I think there's a, there's way more of a possibility that we can unify and there's definitely more ways to get the education, the conversations going out there, but there's still a lot of work to do and we have to have people that are willing to do the work. Right. 100%. So, 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 um, my next question would be, um, reparations, mm. reparations, um, how do y'all feel about reparations? How do y'all feel about reparations with the stimulus bill that had been passed? What are y'all views? I feel personally that um, there is some there is a debt to black people in this country because they built helped build the country, and it was their sweat and their backs that. Um, contributed but not only black people people of uh, all kind of races that were mistreated and done wrong by a, a caucasian regime that just felt like because we look different then we you get to be treated any old kind of way and for that there is something that should be repaid like 
Black people never had a foundation to start building generational wealth. That's why it's how many years later that we're just now seeing it. We just now are understanding even what generational wealth is, whereas there's so many uh, white people that they don't even have to think about what it, they don't even know what it is because it just is for them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, my thoughts on reparations. I mean, I agree with, with Blaze. I think um, something is due to the people whose you know, backs this country was built on. I just don't foresee America really doing anything about it. I think they're still have, have their heads stuck up that, you know, the people in office. And so we get people that, you know, mm-hmm. look like us. Like, you know, you have to you have to break it down from from the inside. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like the whole Jay-Z thing. When he got into the NFL, a lot of black people were mad at him. But that's a smart man. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's doing. You know, you you can't break it down from the outside. You got to send the Trojan horse in, you know? Right. So I don't been trying. see it happening anytime soon. Yeah. Like, if what you've been trying hasn't been working, then it's Right, you got to try something else. else. Yep, exactly. And so then, you know... You know, in the black community, there was this real, you know, this this kind of uh, <laughs> this mood of like, how y'all gonna pass a stimulus bill of trillions of dollars but not give us reparations, mm-hmm. right? So now, you know, you're giving money to everybody. Why? Because it has affected the white people. Mm-hmm. It has affected Caucasian folk, it's and so the therefore, yes, yes. So, you know, I agree with you, Meech. I think that this is not, you know, that that's not, they're, they're not looking, they're not fitting to do that. They're still trying to destroy us. So they ain't trying to give right. us no money. Right. Um, and this quarantine that we're in right now is very interesting because there's a lot of things that are being revealed within the quarantine itself um, when it comes to the elitists, you know, when it comes to mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. in power um, and what they what they really tr- what they really trying to do to not just black people. Of course, black people are number on the list of of you know depopulization. But you know but everybody who's not everybody. Them, everybody who's not the one yeah. percent. Yeah, they don't. They could yeah. care less. They said it. How many exactly. times? How many people can die? They don't even care. Like they don't care. Right. To, to, if only two hundred thousand people die, then we've done okay. I'm sorry, but if <laughs> one of those two hundred thousand people is my mom, my sister, my niece, my nephew, my wife. I have a problem with that with that thought. Like I'm not okay with us just losing two hundred thousand people because you guys want to go back to making money. That's yeah. It's all about <laughs> it's all about numbers. It's all about numbers. They don't. We we uh, we're not really a country that focuses on humanity. We're a country that focuses on money. There you go. You know what I mean? I mean, there. Are, you know, not to downplay America so much, but we have lost touch with. Just, I feel like humanity. Yeah, we're just being human. America, America ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> being greedy. Definitely. I mean, I've just traveling to other countries. Like, obviously, I love to be. I'm happy to be an American. I'm proud to be an American. But at the same time, I'm not because yeah. people, Americans, don't appreciate um, what they have. Being the going to other countries and seeing people either. scrap for. $20, you know what I'm saying? That's going to feed their whole family for a week. And we spend that on a breakfast Absolutely. every weekend is, 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 I mean, that does something to you. You know, I'm still, I feel like um, a lot of Americans are, they feel entitled and they're ungrateful. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And that's on both. It doesn't matter what color they are. It's just, 
the red, white, and blue. <laughs> that's the, that's how they, how they feel. What are your um thoughts on the uh, rep- on reparations and how we should work yeah. it out? Yeah, work it out. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's fully one hundred percent. I I agree with both of y'all. Like we, you know, we built America. Like the wealth of the the white the the white for the one percenters. You know, the 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 uh, those who have had this wealth passed down to them. That is actually belongs to us. You know, but at the end of the day, like I was, for example, I was staying with a friend. And she, you know, she's white and she was living in a house that her dad owned because of her grandfather. So it's like mm. she and she was, you know, she's one of those woke white people. She's like, yeah, my my privileged ass grandfather, you know, like was able to buy, purchase land and purchase homes, you know. So like she, you know, this is I was experienced experiencing this through her in the sense of this generational wealth. And what it looks like, because I'm, because you know, you almost, you almost in the house feeling like, damn, this is my house, you know, you almost feel like that. But it's, it's, it's like people like her. She's so, um, she's so with it that she like, she, she can't fully understand, but she can understand to a degree to where she, it's like, how do I say? It? Like she basically, like she helped me out. She helped me out in the situation that I was in. Because of the house that she had, the privilege that she has, she helped me out. Um, so, you know, it's like reparations is definitely due, definitely due. And I think that if we like that would be a head start for us to build our own businesses, to get our community together, to have our own space to create, to develop, uh, to help, you know, heal our people because we are, you know, we are um, damaged in many ways. Right. Um, but you know, it's, it's not going to happen And the stimulus check. You know, like I said, it just, it comes down to when the white people are hurting, then they're going to give something and it might trickle down to black people, but that's about, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the proof is in the pudding. Look at the, uh, the, uh, the pill epidemic, you know, like nobody cared about Mm. drugs in communities when they were black communities. I mean, we, we have Coke, I mean, we have crack for, you know, to, for that proof. But this pill thing, once they realized it was affecting, especially like when fentanyl came and and white kids were dying left and right and becoming addicted to this highly deadly drug that was easily obtained by them, that's when it became a problem. Nobody cared when it was uh, uh, people of color that were dying. Well, see, you know, right? You know, like they. They not finna. They not finna give us no money. Like they are still trying to kill us, even in this quarantine. Mm-hmm. You know, they over here. You know, people. First of all, you gotta leave your house to get food. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and there's people out there that are actually having issues right now with getting food. You know, it's like they're starving. You know, who who are the people? Who are the who are the people who are gonna be out trying to get food the most? Who are gonna be robbing and stealing to get to make sure that they have something for their yep. families? It's the black community. It's poor whites. Yep. That's what you're gonna see. Okay, so so they they've been trying to kill us off. They don't care. So that you know, like you said, proof in the pudding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only uh, the only I think group that maybe <laughs> is close enough to understand what it is to go through that kind of struggle of poverty with people of color would be the poor whites, like especially middle America. Uh, you know, those flyover states that. But but then at the same time they're the most likely to vote for like a person who we have <laughs> in, in, in charge right now. And I'm like, how do you vote against your own 
your own interests is what I don't understand. Ignorance. Ignorance, exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Those are the facts. They get fed all the, the hoo-rah-rah and they eat it up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, his straight lie to but, your face. And you're just like, yeah. But we know... We know Trump's getting another four years because of the because of the the Corona, the Rona. We know that that is happening. So um, it really, you know, it really comes down to us just doing for ourselves yeah. because you know it, yeah. it it just comes down to that. It's like we need to be doing for ourselves what we could have been doing a long time ago. Yes. You know, yeah. we overall over here asking y'all for things, but actually we have the abilities that we we've created everything, y'all. We've created every. We've done. We've done it. You know, like we, we are the culture. You know, they keep saying us. it over and over again, but. I mean, we all the the culture, like exactly. the clothes, the the slang, the how everybody everything. wants to move. You know, like everything. All the TikTok videos are made off of things that we are doing. Right. You know what I mean? Black Twitter. We run Twitter. You know what I mean? Like it's all exactly. Even, yeah. So that's really where what it comes down to. You know, it's like the the gay community, the the black gay community, and the and the conservative community coming together. You know, mending this, 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 these ideologies and these, you know, these, cons- this, these con- conditionings, and moving forward so that we can, we can just stop. We can just basically like tear down everything and rebuild it um, in our favor because <laughs> we deserve it. You know, like that's that's just what it comes down to. You know, it's our time. It's our time. And that's why all this information is being revealed to us. It's not being revealed for no reason. It's like now's our time to come together and make these moves. I think something that would help would be more financial literacy. I think too many That's people facts. too many people don't understand how to make the money work for them. And so they keep trying to work for the money. <laughs> you know what I'm blaze, saying? Blaze, blaze. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah, definitely now's the time to, to hop on that. And I feel like not only black people, but specifically black gay women need this education. Because with the simple fact, like what was stated earlier, the lowest earning on the totem pole. And... They, I mean, we, you know, we need some kind of uh, financial literacy. Plus, when you think about it, you, we don't have kids like, like myself being a masculine presenting woman, a stud. I don't have my own children. So who's going to take care of me in my old age? You know what I'm saying? I don't have somebody to be working behind me who now is going to take me in or pay for my home. If I don't take care of myself starting now. Then when I get to that Ooh, point, that's powerful. Then what's gonna, what's gonna happen to me? That's powerful. <laughs> yeah. I never even touched on that. I never even you know went there in my mind actually. So it's like really powerful to hear that because yeah, it's real. It's real. Like I think about that. I think about that. Um, my partner has children, but I don't. So she'll be good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. somebody will take care of her. I got to hope that one of my sister's kids is like, you know what, Auntie B, you've been the best auntie anybody could ever have. You could come stay in my guest room, you know, until you kick the bucket. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. That's a thought. I'm over here like, man, who don't who right. me? Right. You're going to need somebody to wipe your ass when you're like 88 years old and you can't do it for yourself anymore. Who is going to be that person? That's why I had to be nice to my niece and nephews from now. and so it's a it's a it's it's a lot i mean we all want unity you know unity is 
is the way. Like you said before, we're stronger. The whole bale of sticks is stronger than the stick by itself. But, you know, it's hard when you have uh, the Black community constantly attacking the gay community. <laughs> and how do you uh, reconcile that within, within yourself as well? Like, there was a lot going on earlier or at the end of last year where um, LGBT was rising up to protect their own. Like Ellen came into play, Elton John came into play. And then the black community was like, look at, you see how they do? They get their Mm. stuff together and they take care of themselves. But I'm thinking to myself, but they is me, is we, is you. Like I'm black, you know what I'm saying? Like we are people of color too. We're not just gay. We're not they. We are all of us together. We're all marginalized. We're all being treated treated wrongly at different points in time. So why don't we all unite instead of fighting each other and go against the real enemy, which is the Cheeto. <laughs> <laughs> yes, those are powerful points, Blaze. I agree with that. Yeah. We appreciate you uh coming in and recording with us i appreciate y'all for inviting me that this is like fire this is my life this is everything (laughs) (laughs) that sound means it's time for the segment we like to call too many peas in the pod this is the part of the show where we like to answer a few of the questions we've received and share with y'all some of the comments and reviews we've gotten from our listeners this week we've got a question from toy in greenfield the question is i a stud, have been dating my girl, a femme, for about three years, and she hates kissing. She was sexually assaulted, and the guy forced her to kiss him. I try to be understanding, but I am an affectionate person and love kissing. Any advice? That's a tough one. Yeah. Um, I would say you just have to be patient with her. Um, And, I mean, it's probably a touchy subject and a you know a touchy thing for her so I would say maybe see if she's into therapy um I feel like therapy is not so cliche these days and it does work you know regardless of you know whatever I don't know if she's ever seeked that out and maybe if you guys want to try couples counseling or couples therapy um it may help her work through her issues, but, um, you know, you guys have been together for three years. So I feel like you're invested in her and the relationship. So just try to be patient and, um, and see if she's willing to, to work through that because eventually that's going to take a toll on your relationship anyway, if she hasn't dealt with that. So, Mm. um, yeah, I guess that's, I don't know, just try therapy and see if that works and just let us know, see if we can help anymore. Yeah, I mean, even now in these um these times where we can't, where we're in quarantine, you know, we can't really go out. They do have uh, online therapy. They have therapy via text messages or apps, mm-hmm. if, if I'm not mistaken. And so, telehealth. Yeah, something like that. So if you're not comfortable going to see somebody physically um, or like in this moment where we can't go to see somebody physically or she can't, um, there is a opportunity for her to be able to talk to somebody because being able to talk about it and get it out, that may help relieve her of that. Like Meech said, you know, it's something that, you know, if we don't, you can't um, heal what you don't reveal. Facts. So I think that was, that's probably something that she needs to, to do because as Meech said, if eventually it's going to 
you know, it's just a hole right now and it's just going to keep getting wider. And especially if it's something you want and it's something she's not willing to do, then resentment starts building and showing this nasty little head. And once that gets into, gets into a relationship, uh, sometimes it's very hard to to get it back right. Oh, that was definitely a tough one. But thank you for trusting us with the question. We're hoping that it works out well for you guys in the end. Shouts out to our Pod All The Time Podcast Network fam. And thanks again to our guest, Naomi. Be sure to follow her at Regeneration Artist and Black Lesbian Love Story on Instagram and listen to her podcast, Holistically Trained. And on that note, we're going to end the show here. Follow us on IG and Twitter at Two Studs in a Pod. If you have any questions or comments, hit us up in the DM or shoot us an email at two studs in a pod at gmail.com. That's T W O studs in a pod at gmail.com. Heads up, your question or comment could be shared on the upcoming episode. Two Studs in a Pod is streaming on major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public, and Overcast. Gratitude is always the attitude, so we want to say thank you for lending us your ear. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.